What do you make of Henry Cejudo? Do you think he should get that opportunity if he it, wants man. to get back it. in the USADA pool and compete again? Or do you think he's got to earn that and wait his line? That guy's earned his stripes. I mean, look, the things that he's accomplished in combat sports are pretty incredible. Uh, he'd be going against Volkanovski, who's a little bit bigger. Um, not quite up to par in wrestling, but, but a wrestler in his own right. Uh, both great strikers. I don't think he needs to skip the line. I think Henry is underestimating the fact that uh, when you're not competing, people aren't thinking about you as much. You can try to say this and say that. I don't think he should have ever retired. He's, he's at his top earning potential. I think he should have kept building that, that, that reputation, getting his name out there. You know, I had 46 fights from, from when I was 24 years old on so um that's why people know my name and it's not just because i was a champion i was a champion and a contender it's because i was out there over and over and over again guys like cowboy serona are like that guys like mike chandler are like that um so i'd like to see henry get back in regardless and start fighting that's how you make money that's how you make your name and um that's how you really <laughs> get remembered sure he's one of the greatest in combat sports because of what he's done but who's gonna care <laughs> Hello everybody, welcome back to the Triple C and Schmo show. I'm the Schmo. My co-host wears a crown. He has an Olympic gold medal. He's a two-division champion in the UFC. He's Henry Cejudo. Let's go, Schmo, because time is money and money is time and we just watched that video uriah faber your favorite 50 year old retired skateboarder man the hall of famer wise words he says about you yeah yeah he's he semi right but at the same time i don't think uriah faber understands the satisfaction when you are the greatest combat athlete of all time not one of the greatest combat athletes of all time the greatest uh, combat athlete of all time. Like I said, man, there is the only things that are motivating me. I want that third belt. I want either Max Holloway or I really want Alexander the Average. And I know they're going to fight for that belt. So that being said is I want the winner of that fight. Shmo, getting ready to be a dad. I want to kick it, milk it. And if Dana Bald wants to come out and, and give me that fight, we'll make it happen. I'm making all of these guys bend the knee to triple C. Well, the Schmo likes Uriah Faber. He brought up some good points. So the Schmo obviously likes you. We do a show with you. And let's get into that activity. I, but you know what? I tell you what, Schmo. Why don't I fight him? Why don't I come back and fight him and really retire and really put my foot in that butt chin of his that he has? How about some of that? That's a good-looking chin, by the way. Uh, all right. Let's get into it's, this. It's, it's, it's begging to be kicked, Schmo. All right, all right. Let's get into I wanna this. Get, I want to get all up in there, Schmo. Hey, the Schmo wants to get all up in there in your business for this week's gold medal moment. You're training with John Bones Jones, who's looking to make his heavyweight debut. How the heck did this happen, man? How did you get John Bones Jones to train with you at Fight Ready? We got to start with that. Well, let me tell you what, man. There is no greater, there is no greater combination than have the greatest combat athlete of all time. And the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. Actually, once that whole thing happened with Jones, he reached out to me. It's a mutual respect. 
He hit me up on Instagram. We started talking a little bit. He's looking, you know, he, wa he wanted to get my perspective in it. So he came out to Arizona for the last three days and we worked everything. We worked everything, what you call MMA, from striking to ground control and more of the emphasis on wrestling because I think Johnny, Johnny Jones Bones knows what Triple C and the team did with Way League out here fight ready and he's wants some of that juice. Schmo, can you believe it? So let's recap. He slid into the Triple C's DMs, hit you up, said he's coming out to Arizona. He was there for three days. Who did he bring with him? And what did he say to you to get Triple C to be like, aha, let's connect us. Let's go. Triple C, John Bones Jones in the gym. Let's train. Tell us more. Well, it was more he respect he respects my accolades. You may not you may hate the cringe, you may hate the persona, but he understands that I am a winner. Him as a former wrestler, him as a as a former light heavyweight champ, him as the greatest uh mixed martial arts of all time, dead or alive. You know, he, he recognizes what I've what I've done and the fact that I'm extremely genuine and I will hold John Jones uh to a you know, I, I will hold him accountable to a lot of things. And to me, he is. He has all the tools, all the resources. What I would be doing, Schmo, is I would be. I would be polishing up that that Ferrari Lambo that he is. So again, man, I believe him reaching out and be, him being humble, which I had a chance to get to know him. I mean, literally, man, we had him here at the house. My mom cooked for him. I had no idea he could eat spicy food like you know <laughs> the stuff that my mom's. He probably felt it later on that night. A little dumb and dumber. Oh! Anyhow. He enjoyed That's it. That's a great he loved scene. It. Very underrated scene when he takes a bite of that chili pepper <laughs> on the burger. You give him the rat pills. He dies on the spot. Great line. Yeah, I don't know about all died, but you know what I'm saying? My family loved them. We're out here. We scouted video. I'm teaching them positions, man. We're on the same page. I believe me and John Jones would be the greatest combination of athlete coach that the mixed martial arts world has ever seen. So... You will be reuniting with him. How did this leave off? Will he be coming back? Will you be going to Albuquerque? Is he moving to Phoenix? Give us more details, Triple C. That's what the yeah. show's here for. Yeah, that's, that's you know, I, I told John, I says, you know, I'm getting ready to have my kid. And obviously, you know, uh, I, that's my priority now. But John's going to be coming out to Phoenix, in, you know, uh, a few days at a time per week. And we're going to just be training these different situations. You, gotta, you have to understand, John Jones is a whole nother animal. He's a whole nother creature. He's able to come out two to three days and really pick up and then go back home because obviously he has a family his own in Albuquerque. Once my baby is due, I'll be able to make that transition. I, my baby won't be able to travel for the next six months, which is perfect timing for whenever it is that he's either going to fight Syria Gain or Francis Nungano. But I told Johnny Jones Bones, Famiglia! Familia is everything. So if I do end up going down there, I'm taking I'm taking the whole family and we're taking shop down to Albuquerque or vice versa. He can come out here to fight ready and we can win that second bout and make them all bend the knee. So for the record, the Mr. John Bones Jones confirmed with you that he will be fighting the winner of Francis Ngano Cyril Gan and still wants to come back and make his return in the spring of 2022 to face that winner. Yeah, I told John, though, he's thinking spring. I'm like, these guys, these guys want to enjoy their championship, John. This is, they, they're not going to come back in the spring. These guys are going to fight, you know, January 22nd. These guys ain't fighting until the summer because they want to International enjoy their championship. International Fight Week, July? I think so. And I told him, I said, listen, uh, the USC may tell you certain things, but in reality, 
these guys want to enjoy these these titles before Johnny Jones Bones takes it. Whoever the winner is, I've always been a big fan. He, the, the, what makes John Jones so special, Schmo, is the fact that he's a greater competitor than than he is a fighter. He finds a way to win. All those fights that you guys think that John Jones barely won, you guys are crazy. He's just a winner. He's able to slide through. But now with Triple C to the team, ooh, let me tell you, it's a whole nother set of dynamites. So let's bring this segment home. Will you be in John Bones Jones' corner? octagon side when he goes to fight for the world heavyweight strap stay tuned and watch when it gets some work in but stay tuned and watch all right well the schmo will be pressing you on this as time progresses and by the way ladies and gentlemen before we move on to the silver medal segment this could be the very last triple c and schmo show we do with mr henry cejudo not being a live father let's appreciate that in this moment huh let's go Come on, Shmo. Let's get it. Come on, Shmo. <laughs> Moving on then to the silver medal moment. Every single week, you got people saying, oh, this is the greatest fight of the year. This is one of the greatest fights of all time. It's a blessing. That's what happens when you have quality fights every single week. Thanks for delivering, Dana White. We got Yair Rodriguez, Max Holloway. This was an excellent fight, and the Shmo and Triple C both felt the winner of this Fighting for the featherweight trip, unless Triple C makes that return. Obviously, you thought Yair, who was a big underdog, was going to get the job done, but Max Holloway prevails. What'd you make of the fight? Let's get your initial reactions. Man, the fight was excellent for you. He started extremely smart, kicking out that front leg. I think he needs to develop that, that kicking the, the front leg to the opposite side because Max Holloway was hurt. Once it's happened to me, it's happened to every fighter. Once your legs are compensated, you don't have that much power on your hands. So it was a great game plan, but he should have continued from round one to round, from round one, what he did in round one, to all the way to round five and stayed disciplined. The problem is, is he started boxing with him. And the other thing that I would say with Yair is he started playing the rope-a-dope. He started rolling to his back and things like that. That doesn't look good for the judges because it could have been 2-2 going into the fifth, you know, and some judges saw it that way. If you saw some of the scorecards. So Yair did an excellent job. But I felt like he should have started kicking that left leg. Or when he switched to southpaw, Max Holloway started kicking his body and respecting. But you don't want a boxer boxer. He should have matched the distance game. But for that reason, Max Holloway is just a tough son of a gun. But I, I truly do believe I love that fight, Schmo. I know he's a giant. I know he's big. I know he's got a lot of, you know, he's got the most punch count as striking count in, in UFC history. But that's the same reason why I love it. Because I don't, I don't need to hit you uh, 2,000 times per fight. I just need one hit. That's it. I'm a one-hitter quitter, Schmo. But it was an excellent fight. I loved it. I think these guys are really putting the featherweight division on the map. And I'm excited to see Alexander the Average and Max Holloway 3. Yes, the Schmo is also. By the way, so when he went and he attacked those legs, the Schmo loves the adjustments Max Holloway did. A career-high three takedowns he had in this fight. And let me say this to you. He is the all-time leader in featherweight division history. Now, with significant strikes, obviously with finishes, with wins, and fight 
bonuses, post-fight winning bonuses. That's Max Bless Holloway. He puts on a show every single time he's out there. He's the first one to the 3,000 club. The 3,000 clubs for total strikes and the UFC, man. He's got the record. That's like in baseball. You know when you get 3,000 hits, that was an elite category. Like when the Derek Jeters, the Pete Roses of the world, they got there. Well, Max is the first one to do it, and he's in a league of his own. The Schmo talks every single week about these Hall of Famers, Hall of Famers. Well, obviously Max Holloway's the Hall of Famer, and obviously to the Schmo, he's the greatest featherweight of all time, and obviously we want to see the Volkanovski fight next. And you brought it up, too, in what you were just saying. You're interested in fighting Max Holloway, but are you more interested in fighting Max Holloway than you would be for an Alexander Volkanovski? Oh, man, I would love to see I would love to see Max Holloway beat Alexander the average just for the simple sake that I want to fight Shmo that nobody believes that I could win, that nobody else believe, that, that I believe that that you know just the height difference. Just it, it really would be a David versus Goliath. And I, I like I like something that scares me. I'm not, you know what I'm saying, Shmo? So I would like to see Max Holloway retain his belt back and then we'll do a triple C versus Max Holloway because we all know that Alexander the average. Is shaking in his tiny little boots. And he don't want a piece of triple C. But I know Max would love to kill the cringe. And I believe that fight would be fire. And Max Holloway's the guy who would fight anybody the UFC puts in front of him. And here's what I respect about you. You, that is triple C, man. Because let's just make it clear for the public here. You're not sitting here and chasing names. You're sitting here and chasing history. You don't care Who's holding that belt? You just want that belt. That belt being the featherweight champion. So whether it's Max Holloway who's holding that belt or whether it's Alexander the Great Volkanovsky holding that belt, you just want to face the man holding that belt to get the opportunity to be C4. So it's not you just chasing these names. You're chasing gold. You're chasing history. So let that be clear to the audience that you just want C4. doesn't matter the name. I am the biggest gold digger, Schmo, that this world will ever know. All right, there we go. Now let's go into the bronze medal moment. The Schmo likes this one in particular because there's beef. And when there's beef, we're talking about Angus. We're talking about 100% U.S. of A. (laughs) Angus beef right here. We got Justin Gaethje beefing with Islam and Khabib. And Khabib beefing with Gaethje. I mean, about all this stuff. It's about this lightweight title picture. Who's most deserving? Is it Islam? Is it Gaethje? Or is it someone that the Schmo likes to call Benil Dariush, seven-fight win streak? So let me ask you this question. Who's the most deserving man of all these, or is it somebody else, to be fighting the winner of Poirier and Oliveira at UFC, after UFC 269? Oh, man, that one's so harsh. Well, one, because they're both my friends, but they really, they both are deserving. I can see both sides. I can see why Khabib is, is you know, backing up his boy because Gaethje did a couple fights ago just fight Khabib and lost. He did fight uh, for an interim belt, and obviously he did one. So he's already had two shots at the title, but I can also understand the highlight, man. The, uh, the, the competition that he's fought and the fights and the brawls that he's in and how he's able to perform. I personally think, I think, I think you want to give Islam probably Darnier Dargouche and I'm just going to have to go with Justin Gaethje just for the simple fact that he goes through wars, man, and he delivers. He's, he's, fought, he's fought the higher-ranked opponent than, than Islam. Yeah, he beat Dan Hooker, but Dan Hooker also got knocked out by Michael Chandler. So for that reason, I'm going to have to go with none other than the highlight Justin Gaethje. Yeah, the seating in this division, this division is fajocked. 
Yeah, you like that word, fijocked. It's fijocked because when Michael Chandler... What does that mean, anyways? What is that? What is that, Schmo? It's all messed up. It's a mess. Fijocked. It's a clutter. It's a clutter. So when Michael Chandler signed from Bellator to the UFC, he had one fight in Dan Hooker. He beats Dan Hooker. He starches him in the first round in Abu Dhabi. He gets a title shot for the vacant belt against Oliveira. So you can make the argument, who, how many fights did he have in the UFC to get the opportunity? If it jocked it all, it actually makes an argument for Islam getting the title shot yeah. a lot better in this situation. Now, like I said, Shmo, like I said, Shmo, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad with either one. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But, I, but go ahead, Shmo. Well, yeah, the, the Shmo's going to agree with that. I mean, it, it's hard. You, the argument is difficult here. So the Shmo wants to just set the facts straight behind the scenes. All three of these men are represented by the same man who represents you, Ali Abdulaziz with Dominance MNA, a man who represents some of the best talent in this organization and all the organizations of mixed martial arts. It's a sticky situation. You only want your guys, your brothers, because there's loyalty here, to fight the guys. Obviously, there's gold on the line, but in this situation, there's three of them, and two of these guys seem to have to fight each other as a number one contender fight to fight next for the title. You can make an argument for X, Y, and Z. I just wanted to let it be known that these three men, Benil Doryush, Gaethje, and Islam Makachev, these are the three guys most deserving in this division to fight the winner here. So obviously two of them got to fight each other. The Schmo can say, hey, roll some dice, you know, flip a coin, whoever it is. You can make whatever argument you want. But let it be clear that all three of these men have a great case. And I have to side with you that I believe Justin, the human highlight Gaethje, should be fighting the winner here. He's most deserving. And heck, let's just say it is Dustin Poirier that wins. Because everyone seems to like Dustin Poirier is going to win. A Dustin Poirier Gaethje 2? That's big bucks. That's a big time fight. The Shmo would love to see it. And obviously we wouldn't care if we could see Oliveira and we'd see Gaethje as well. Fireworks either way. Islam, Dariush, the Shmo thinks that should be a number one contender fight. We agree with that. Oh, man, Shmo, you should be a pro- you should be a promoter, man. Dana White, move out the way, man. You're absolutely 100% right. Everything that you said, Shmo, is on the money. Well, hopefully we'll disagree, man, because here's where we really make the money, man. Your favorite segment, pillow fights. We get the hypothetical fights. We put them into gear. Dana White watches this. He says, oh, Schmo, Triple C, we agree with you. Mick, Sean Shelby, let's get this going. That's how it happens. So let's just go rapid fire. What's next for Max Bless Holloway? Pillow fights. Yeah, Max Bless, I mean, he has an opportunity. You know, Conor McGregor, I don't know if he's trolling, like, in in reality, but I think that that would be a good fight. But really, he needs to chase legacy. He needs to get his belt back. I think he needs to fight. Alexander Volkanovsky. Yes, it's McGregor or Volkanovsky, but we're talking about legacy. We put gold on the line. We're talking to a man wearing a crown. It's got to be Volkanovsky three. But 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 this is what you do too, Shmo. So what what could happen is if Ale- if if uh, Max Holloway was to win that belt, 145 pounds, you entice Conor McGregor to come back, and they can do it again at 104 at 145 pounds. You know, with that timing being done. And who knows? Triple C can slide in and the winner of that too. What there do you it think, is. Schmo? But here's the thing with McGregor. Until we see him training again f- full capacity and get in there and get inside the octagon. Because remember, he snapped his leg. I mean, this wasn't an easy injury to overcome here. This is a significant ordeal. You got to overcome. You got to get back in there. Get the confidence back and, and do something with it. So we'll see on that. What about Yair Rodriguez? 
Oh man, Yair Rodriguez, because of his performance, I would I would catch anybody in the top five. I think I think the next fight for him, in order for him to get a title shot for the uh if unless if he if, if Max does lose, I think it could be the next title shot to fight Alexander Volkanovsky. I would either go Brian Ortega or I would go Giga. And both of those fights, the featherweight division is on fire. But I think Yair is about a couple fights away from fighting for that title once again. And that foot really was like a balloon. We saw those pictures. Let's show those pictures. My foot was man. like a balloon. was a balloon. My foot was a balloon. That was totally a balloon, that foot. Uh, listen, if you're Zabit Magomed Sharapov, who's obviously out of the picture, the schmo asked Dana White about this at the post-fight press conference. We don't know what's going on. He's been tied to on-and-off fights with Yair Rodriguez. You see that Yair Rodriguez, he's willing and came back to dance after a two-year layoff. It's been a two-year layoff for Zabit Magomed Sharapov. Let's see Zabit come back. Let's see the Zabit Yair Rodriguez fight. That's what yeah. the schmo wants to see. But Let's you, see that fight. And if we can't you, get that, then you put Giga. Then you put Ortega. But how about Giga yeah. and Ortega? That's a great match in itself. Man, Giga's dangerous, but so is Ortega because Ortega's well-rounded. Ortega has probably the the slickest, sneakiest chokes I've and probably in MMA as of right now. He is so sneaky with it. I think that'll be an excellent fight, Schmo. Leon Edwards, what's next? Obviously, Masvidal's out. <sighs> yeah, I feel bad. I think Leon Edwards needs a title shot. I really do, man. Look at, the, you know what I'm saying? He's, he's been sidelined. George is not healthy to fight him. I don't think Masvidal really wanted to fight Edwards. But I say you, I say you give the next title shot with Kamaru Usman. Allow Kamaru Usman to lap just another person once again. But I do feel that Leon Edwards has gone better, man. His striking is legit. His wrestling defense, he's been there before. And he's had, you know, it was a decision fight with Kamar Usman. But then again, that was close to four or five years ago. He is a different fighter. Kamar is a different fighter. Kamar Usman, Leon Edwards, I love that matchup. I think Jorge Masvidal being pulled out, this totally sets up what we talked about before. Covington, the ultimate fighter against... Jorge Masvidal, former training partners. Uh, I think it's women's flyweight and heavyweight, men's heavyweight, that's going to be the ultimate fighter cast. Maybe they're not the right coaches for that. Maybe they are. It would definitely add to some drama, I'll tell you that much. But that's what it sets up for. Um, regarding the title shot, I can't disagree with that. But I'll say one monkey wrench we can put in there is if he wants to avenge the loss of his brother, throw in Nick Diaz. Nick Diaz against Leon Edwards. We saw what Nate did in that fifth round and wobbled him. We saw those chicken legs at the end. Let's see him avenge the loss. We can allow that. How about... I, I like it, Schmo. I like it. I believe Nick Diaz would be a great... and it'd be an, it's, a, it's, an, it's all about storyline, Schmo. If he's able to get in there with the guy that beat his brother and be able to beat him, who knows, man? Nick could even you know, slide in there and get the next title shot because that means he would fight and beat one of the top contenders, and he has a name. I, I changed my mind. Leon Edwards versus Nick Diaz will be money. Not sure where Hamzat Chamaya fits in this equation. We'll save it for a future episode. Maybe the next one. We'll see how it goes. And how about this? Over the weekend, she headlined Bellator. She was dominant again. Chris Cyborg, next in line for this woman. Yeah, Chris Cyborg, the only fight that really matters right now, and it's for her legacy. I mean, they got to give her t higher competition, and it's the one and only Kayla Harrison. Harrison. 
as as much as people are hyping Kayla Harrison, Kayla hasn't fought the top competition that Chris Cyborg has. As you can tell, she's working with, uh, you know, a Mr. McKee, and I know he's polishing up that wrestling. So it's not even a judo thing, it's a wrestling thing. If you don't allow Kayla Harrison to get close to you, she won't take you down. I do believe that Chris Cyborg's striking is a lot more dangerous than Kayla's. That's going to be an interesting matchup, but I'm leaning more. I'm not hating on Kayla, but just for the simple fact that you know, the more well-rounded fighter right now, as of right now, it is Chris Cyborg, but I believe those two girls have to get it on. This is about to be a segment within a segment. We'll call this a schmo rant. We're going to go on a schmo rant. It's been years now since we've actually had rankings in a UFC featherweight division. There's no rankings. There's not enough competition. Not enough quality women. The schmo was at the apex over the weekend. We saw Felicia Spencer. She dominated, obviously, in her matchup. And quite frankly, there's just no one there for Amanda Nunez. Dana White consistently saying we're going to keep this division alive in the UFC as long as Amanda Nunes wants to compete. There's no competition really out there for her. It's proven it time in and time in at 145 pounds in the UFC for females. So let's get back to what you just said for Chris Cyborg, Kayla Harrison. Nunez is training partners with Kayla Harrison. That's not going to happen anytime soon. They're both an American top team. Chris Cyborg, Kayla Harrison is 100% the fight to make for women's MMA. We need to see it on the line. We need to see that striking of Chris Cyborg versus that dominant judo of Kayla Harrison. Let the worlds collide. The ages match up now. The time is now. Money's time. Time is money. Let's make it happen. Pillow fights. Oh, my God. Oh my God, I love it, Shmo. You are a hundred and absolutely right. That would change the game, and you can do that. The hundred forty-five pound division. There's one at PFL. There's the best at the UFC, and there is you know the former goat in Bellator, and all these three girls, man. You you could oof. There's so many great matchups. It's it's crazy. You could probably even do a tournament uh, format. Maybe throw in Holly Holmes up in that mix. You'd have a former boxing world champion, a two-time Olympic gold medalist. Uh, the girl that's considered the GOAT in Amanda Nunes and the former GOAT, Chris Cyborg. I love that tournament, Schmo. You just gave me the chills. All right, Henry. It's that time of the week where we move on to the King's speech. We saw you active on social media about the stoppages over the weekend at the UFC Vegas 42 fight. Talk about it. This is what I'm going to say, because I'm going to get a lot of heat for this, because people think it was an early stoppage with TJ. People think it was an early stoppage with Dominic Cruz. But this is the thing. I'm saying, when somebody gets dropped, and yeah, they do kind of wobble a little bit, it doesn't mean you stop it. This is why I feel if the, if the opponent's able to get some solid hits off the ground, that is when you stop, because you got to give these guys the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to go back and even talk about the Frankie Edgar fight. Yeah, he got front kicked. But Frankie Edgar has been in these wars. I give him the benefit of the doubt. The dude was running round one and two. And that 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 leg kick that, that Cheeto had to happen to land on Frankie Edgar, it was almost like, dude, this guy has been there. This is why both of both of these guys uh from, from Saturday, uh, who was it in that fight that I could I I'm 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 forgetting the person that I thought it was like the early stops. But what I'm saying is the referee's job is to really see that the fighter is out. What I'm saying is the ref's got to get checked, dude, because let these guys get beat up a little bit on top. Just a little bit, man. If they can't defend themselves, because you do get razzled and you do end up looking sloppy as you go back. The difference was when I hit Dominic, there were 13 unanswered shots. When I hit TJ, he kept going limp, but at least I was in a position where I was on top of him and hitting him, and these guys were dropping like flies. 
What I'm saying is referees, stop calling the fights off when somebody just gets his and they drop. This isn't boxing, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, or we could tr treat it kind of like boxing. Give him a 10 count of, uh, on bottom a little bit. Allow him to have the ability to defend himself. Because if not, Schmo, once somebody gets dropped, it's like, oh, the fight's over. It's like, one, yeah, you're going to get rattled. You're, you are going to, your head is going to hit the canvas. But it doesn't mean you're out. Unless you're out cold with a stiff body, then that's different, Schmo. Yeah, the Schmo's just going to go specifically here on decisiveness. There's nothing worse than being indecisive. Thinking you're going to call off a fight, then bring it back on, then calling it off again. And that's where the Schmo had issue this week. Same thing, same thing with Herb Dean. Herb Dean is touching you the dude. Can't touch like a, you can't touch. You cannot touch a fighter and the fight still being on. If you touch a fighter, it's 100% over. That's the only way you can do it. You can't touch him, then go, oh, okay, and then touch him. You can't do it. Ultimately, the Schmo agrees. You end that fight. It should have been ended there. But you cannot touch him prematurely. Be decisive. Exactly, exactly. And things like that confuses people. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Her and there should be some consequence. People should be suspended for things like that. Okay, you can no longer do main events for X amount long because this is what happened. You know what I'm saying? There's some, there's, there's some protocol. There's a lot of great rest, but Herb Dean kind of dropped... Herb Dean, Herb Dean really dropped the ball on that one. And I've seen it before. I don't recall, but he, he does kind of have a, a hesitation whenever he does want to stop it or kind of keeps the fight going. So those are things. I think Mark Goddard is one of the best in, in the game. I believe uh, uh, Mike Beltran who's a friend of mine, is extremely good. And these are the other guys that really do deserve the praise and the hype because it's not just about you having a certain you know, time in the UFC, but can you do the job right? Add Jason Herzog to that list as well. But all these guys, including the gold standard, this show's about gold. Herb Dean is fantastic. Just think about this. Nobody's perfect. Everybody has a bad day at the office. This guy's refereed so many hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of fights and hundreds upon the fight every single year. Look at what his odds are for doing the right thing here. At the end of the day, sure, it wasn't his best moment, but the guy is consistently great over the time. We will give him the benefit of the doubt, but we agree it was a mistake there. Now, let's end this show on the cringe corner. Bum, ba bum, ba bum, ba bum, ba bum. Did you see AEW wrestling? Oh my God, man, Schmo. I almost feel like, man, I almost feel like I want the, you know what, John Jones and, and, and some of these people at America Top, they need to come up with Triple C too because I will show them the real Triple C, the real Kurt Angle. You know what I'm saying? It was cool. I love the fact that, you know, you had a, a, a you know, the UFC Fighters Bell Tour and if Dana White doesn't emerge in, that seems like AEW is doing it. You know, we saw Dan Labra with his jumpsuit looking like a pimp. I mean, it's a, it was just, it was, you know what I mean? They need a little help in their acting skills, Schmo, but I thought, it was, I thought it was cool that you have two organizations to come together in the most, you know, great way, not, you know, through pro wrestling at AEW. Didn't you do AEW with the legend Uncle Mike Tyson? Of course, man. You saw how that went. That was one of the biggest episodes in AEW history because everything that Triple C touches turns into gold. If you're a fan of this show and you support Triple C and the Schmo, I think you very much come to the same consensus as what the Schmo's about to say. You bring Triple C, you bring the Schmo on the mic, that's real fireworks. Come on, man. I can wear these fucking glasses for a reason. I just said the F word. We could do that better, man. The cringe, the Schmo, we have better mic skills. We could do wrestling school. And by the way, people, the Schmo might be doing some real live wrestling school 
in the not-so-distant future. And if that happens, if we bring the Schmo and Triple C into AEW, we'll show you what real mic skills and real wrestling's all about. I say we do a little competition with the American Top Team. That's a challenge. We just made it. I like it, man. Triple C and the Schmo versus American Top Team. What's up, ATT? Let's make it happen, man. What's your name? I am Triple C. But wait. <laughs> Last thing, Schmo. Did you see what Daniel Cormier had to say about me training with John Jones? Oh, he brings it up. He brings in the fire. The schmo saw it, man. He doesn't like you. He, speaking of F-bombs, he dropped one towards you in the IG story. We saw that. <laughs> yeah, man. Daniel, man, you know I love you, my man. You're retired just like me. There is something to be said whenever it is that you're training. Like, I, I, as a legend, man, I am, I am a legend. But as a legend, we got to take care of the legends. Whether you guys had beef or not. I believe it's not just a it's not just a mixed martial arts thing with John Jones, man. We are sit there and I'm you know what I mean? We're talking about life, man. Because I believe a happy John Jones is a successful John Jones. And I think we all would. You know, we gotta take care of each other, we gotta take care of our brothers. And I just believe that any legend that comes to mind, whether it's wrestling, whether it's boxing, because I feel it too with Oscar De La Hoya and wrestling. There's a lot of people that, you know, that I like to keep in touch with. And the same thing for them, because it's a certain group. It's a certain fraternity, Schmo, that, that it's like the World Championship Olympic Club that we always got to watch out for each other. So that's all it is, Daniel Cormier. But if you don't like it, DC, you can do me a favor and you can bend the knee to King Triple C. Hey, DC, the schmo still loves you. Real quick, by the way, how much do you think John Jones weighed when you saw him? I forgot to ask you. How much did he weigh, do you think? Enough to break the ice. More than 260, yes or no? He's up there. He's he's huge, Schmo. All he right. is All right. huge, man. There is no way he's ever going to make light heavyweight ever again. When my mom cooked for him, Jesus, man. He was asking for seconds and thirds. Peace, Triple C. I am the Schmo, and we are out.